Yeah, we can tell you're hammered. It's pretty obvious. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous, a.k.a. And joining me for joining us via satellite from Asgard, the Eternal City itself, Tyler. Hark, for I am Tyler, son of Jeffrey, and I am here to consume all of your ale. <laughs> another smashes pot to the ground. Um, exactly. In scene. Alright, so now we are officially in the uh, fourth? Yeah, the fourth. Part, fourth part of phase one of the 22-part Infinity Saga that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm going to try to do that every single week until I screw it up. Three times um, exactly. So now we are at the first time where the word universe is actually prominent and we are re- reviewing going over Thor from 2011 there hasn't been another Thor solo title so it's kind of weird to call it Thor 2011 but it just sounds weird to call it Thor I wish they called it the mighty Thor you know it was right there or maybe Thor or God of Thunder you know like his something yeah title. exactly something like that but just no Thor um okay so uh I okay so we've had three movies at this point we've had Iron Man 1 and 2 and Incredible Hulk this is the first time I feel like but Iron Man definitely was a, a gamble. He was not a no-name person because he was in cartoons. He had his own cartoon. Thor, I feel like, was the first big gamble. Um, because unlike, say, Captain America, who we're going to watch next week, this guy was more like, wait, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, it's not that unknown. Like, uh, Thor is a prominent figure in Norse mythology, and most people know about Thor from that. Like, hell, I learned True. about Thor from uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! of all places. Uh, all okay. three of the main guys of the Aesir are boss monsters that came out at around the time this movie came out. So, that was a thing. Fair enough. It's, it's just now we're getting away from, like, science and technology and stuff like that. Now we're going to Asgard and fantastical shit, even though there's a lot of sci-fi tech in here. But, it's more presented as fantasy than say what we have seen um what were okay leading up to this one because obviously this is the first like like again bolding out to the brave unknown of the marvel cinematic universe what were your what was your impressions going into thor back then if you had any um the first time i saw this movie was in theaters um i actually saw this back when uh, the first phase of the mcu was circulating on netflix before the disney overlords bought them out and uh, I was able to see it via that method before going off to see the Avengers. And I thought it was pretty neat. Like, uh, my opinions may have ch- shifted a little in the past ten years, but I still think it's a decent movie overall. Sorry, sorry, my phone was ringing. I apologize. Go for it. Um, I was like, I, I thought I was hearing it. Okay, um... Okay, so yeah, for me, it's a little bit different because I had become a recent Thor fan um, in, like, 2007. Uh, Thor was actually dead for, like, like three years at that point. Uh, low sales, that kind of thing. And they brought him back, and he actually, funny enough, the writer of that comic book co-wrote the story for this one. So there's a little symmetry right there. Interesting. So I was I was really starting to get into Thor. I, was, I remember being very excited for it, for a character who I... Didn't really have a lot of experience in the comics. When I started reading comics regularly in, like, 2005, 2006, he was dead. Um, they had they actually had their own little Ragnarok uh, thing that killed him off. 
Um, and he was he was gone. He was nowhere to be found. And they, I don't. They didn't bring him back from the movie because the movie was still four years away at that point. But um, maybe they knew about it and they were like, "Hey, we should probably get Thor back on the table." But I remember being very excited and all. I remember like endlessly looking at the still photos and seeing Mjolnir for the first time and Loki and and the and, and just Asgard and oh my god, just seeing the Rainbow Bridge for the first time. Even though it's more like the Technicolor Technicolor Bridge. Um, I still Listen, very man, much like it. Listen, man, the Bifrost is no is always cool, no matter what medium it's in. It it is, you know, you're you are right about that. But uh, so yeah, I don't remember that too much genuine hype around this one, like say Iron Man or Iron Man Two. I think it felt more like on the Hulk level, where like it's another Marvel movie. I think at this point, people were already okay realizing that okay, the Avengers is next. We're close. At this point, we're only a year away from Avengers in, in back in, tw- in 2011. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. This was directed by Kenneth Branagh, who you may know as... What was his character in Harry Potter? Professor something something? The, the chicken shit the chicken chick guy? Whatever. You know him. Um, screenplay by Ashley Edward Miller, Zach Pence, and Don Payne. Uh, story by J. Michael Zinsky and Mark... Protisfish, sorry if I butchered your name. Of course, this is based on the Thor Marvel comics, based on Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Larry Lieber. Not actual Thor's mythology. Oh my god, it was so annoying being around one of my friends back then because they were actually in the Thor, Thor mythology and they hated this movie so much. I'm like, I get it. It's not. It never said it was the actual mythology. Shut up. Anyways, um, this was released uh, in the United States May 16, May 6, 2011. It had a runtime of 114 minutes, a budget of $150 million, with a box office of $449.3 million. As our cast, uh, for the and, and now this is like the first non-sequences we have since Incredible Hulk, we have new babies to toy around with. We have Chris Hemsworth playing the titular Thor, God of Thunder, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, Thomas Hiddleston as Loki, God of Mischief, Stellan Skarsgård as Eric Selvig, Scientist, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, Plucky Upstart. Um, Clark, Gay rep- Clark Gregg replies as well as Phil Coulson, Son of Cole, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, then we have Colm Fiore as Laufey, King of the Frost Giants. Ray Stevenson plays Volstagg. Aegis Elba as Heimdall. Uh, Jamie Alexander as Lady Sif. Uh, Rene Russo as uh, Frigga, a.k.a. the Queen of Asgard, wife of Odin. And Sir Anthony Napkins as Odin, the Allfather. Uh, Odin Odinson. I think is would that be his name? Odin Odinson. It has to be right. Um, Let's just go with that. I think what it is is only Thor has the last name of Odinson because he's Odin's son, and uh, I oh, think okay. um, Odin's uh, last name is Allfather or something of the All other. Fa- Odin. Oh, Al- I figured Allfather was the title, but maybe right. Um, and of course, uh, Tabudo Hasano plays Hogan. Uh, is as one of the other members of Warriors Three, and then uh, Josh Dallas plays Fandral, who was the uh, Robin Hood character they allude to, and in, in, uh, not allude to, but they show in the game. Um, uh, so yeah, there we go. Um, that's that's Thor. So let's go ahead and and uh, no spoilers. No, um, what was your thought? No spoilers. Just just first cuts. Having rewatched this movie for the first time in a while on Thor twenty eleven. Go Tyler. Uh, I figured this is a pretty good starting point for a uh, mythical, out-of-the-wall, fish-out-of-water uh, type of character. Like, Thor is a fantastical uh, 
God of Thunder. Like, he's completely out of his element when he's uh, thrown to Earth. And the, and the, all of the stuff leading up to it um, does make sense for his type of character. And you can tell right from the get-go what he's all about in the first few minutes. Yes. Um, I, I think this movie's pretty good. I know a lot of people hate on it a lot. Um, I think... I think a lot of it stems from, like, people want that Iron Man energy for every movie, which is funny because now they hate that shit. Um, uh, at least back then they wanted the sort of funness of Iron Man in all the movies. And I think Kenneth Branagh tried to tell, like, a very Shakespearean story within the tapestry of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is very much in line with with, with the comics, where it's like this grand tale of fathers, brothers, sons, kingdoms, that kind of thing. Um, obviously not to the scale of like what would become Game of Thrones and stuff, but definitely, you know, universes colliding and stuff like that, or like worlds going to war and stuff like that. So I think for the most part, it nailed it. Um, I do have problems with this movie, uh, going into it and rewatching. It's kind of hard. Maybe it's cause I've rewatched it so much. I just know it now. Um, and I remember being obsessed with this movie just because like, oh my God, it's fucking Thor as a movie. This is amazing. I never thought it would happen. And I think just because we've gotten better Thor movies as we've gotten along, um, it's kind of hard to go back to this one at the beginning of it all sometimes. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and break down the story then. Uh, Thor Odinson. Uh, Thor breaks down the story of initially we see a uh, sort of uh, uh, Odin himself giving an overview on Asgard. Uh, eventually the, the uh, which eventually leads to a, a uh, conquest by the, um, the Frost Giants trying to take over Earth. To which Asgard and the Frost Giants had a war over it, and eventually they pushed their, their asses back into their ice hole, and um, they stole one of their relics, which they don't ever call it the relic. It's called the Casket of Ancient Winters. It's a famous Marvel relic. I always hate that they don't name it. They just say it's a relic, but like call like tell me you're not that calling something like the Casket of Ancient Winters is not a cool fucking title for a thing. It is pretty cool. Not gonna lie. Yeah, no pun intended. But they never call it that. They just like, it's the it's the it's the MacGuffin, um, and so peace was reigned through all the all the realms, and uh, we are introduced to Odin's two kids, one being a young Thor and one being a young Loki. Thor, obviously, being the brash young upstart; Loki, being the timid book reader that probably many comic readers can identify with, at least at this point in their lives. Um, to them, we are shown the uh, what would I guess supposed to be the crowning of Thor uh, of like uh, of his hammer, and uh, that is shortly interrupted by a invasion of the Frost Giants into the treasure room of Thor uh, of, of Odin, to which they are dispensed by uh, the um, the Destroyer armor, which uh, another another cool thing they brought into this movie, uh, which then sets up Thor's whole little arc where he is fucking pissed. Thor is absolutely Stone Cold Steve Austin mad <laughs> that that the how dare these sons of bitches come into our house, try to take our shit. Uh, we need to make war with them now. And Odin being the wise man that he is. Funny enough, this a lot of stuff. Now that I'm watching this and this reflects, you can tell he's Odin's son, especially what we learn about Odin and like Thor Ragnarok, um, that Thor is very much war hungry. He wants to go in there. He ha- He wants to uh, chew bubblegum and kick ass. And he's all out of bubblegum. Um, and, and Odin's trying to tell him, like, no, my son, we must we must not do this. We Peace will prevail. We will talk to them. And, you know, and Thor's just not having it. Thor is very much a teenager in this where he's like, I want to go fight now, father, please. And uh, we get a scene where 
the basically is the first hint of Loki manipulating Thor, um, where he's like, "Well, I mean, we could go." I mean, Asgard, you're but right, that... but we shouldn't go fight them. We shouldn't. He's like, "You're right, Loki," but I didn't. And basically, try. You know, he's he's is he gaslighting him? I feel like he's gaslighting him. Yeah, he's gaslighting him. Uh, that's God. That is what Loki goes out the God of Mischief. He's the God of gaslighting, specifically his brother Thor. Um, and he gaslights him, who then Thor gaslights the Warriors Three to go into enemy territory and basically start a, a diplomatic situation. Um, thanks, guys. We get a cool sequence where they're fighting. And Tyler, I had to mention this. I love the sound effects of the hammer when he's whirling that shit around, dude. Yeah, when every time he twirls Mjolnir around, it's so satisfying. Or just like when he like moves it and they add like a sound to it, like you can hear you can hear the heft. I shouldn't say that. It feels like something you would say if you're high or like on shrooms. I hear the heft. Um, but we get a demonstration of like how cool Thor is with Mjolnir, and they're all about to die. Uh, they are they are legit about to die. They are overrun. Fandral's hurt. It's bad. Loki learns something about starts turning blue for some reason. Wonder what that's about. And only are until they are rescued by Odin on a magic on a giant horse themselves. Um, to which, like, I love this exchange. Father, we can fight them together. Silence, you idiot. Um, he doesn't call him an idiot, but like he's basically telling them to shut the fuck up. Grown ups are talking now. Um, and uh, pretty much. Uh, there is no solving this situation diplomatically. Uh, the frost giants are coming for war, and your son caused it. And and Odin channels his dad anger. And we've all, for those of us who have dads in our lives, we've all seen it when our dads get mad. For sure. And oh boy, oh boy. So like Thor, Odin calls him a vain, creedy uh, boy, to which Thor calls him a, an old man and a fool. Which I use that meme quite a bit back then. Not so much now. You don't really see it circulate now. And pretty much, Odin does like like this thing. I'm going to take away your toys. You're, you're, I'm going to take away everything you wanted because you you didn't listen to me. You haven't listened to me. You you're going to cause the deaths of millions because of your actions. And he banishes him to Earth, makes him unworthy, and sends him his hammer as basically a well fuck you. If you're worthy, maybe you'll get the hammer back. But if not, tough shit, son. Um, to which point, uh, and Loki is kind of just there as like, if we've all been there where like your your brother's in trouble, and you're not, you're technically not, you are involved, but you're not the focal point of the trouble, and you just kind of have to sit there and watch that awkwardness. Um, so Loki is Loki is kind of left alone, he even gets yelled at by Odin, and Thor is now banished to Earth, which again I kind of skipped over it, but it, the film opens up actually with them seeing getting him getting hit by a truck. By uh, Jane Foster, Darcy, and Doctor Selvig, who they take him to a hospital, uh, and he thinks that he proclaims his Thor God of Thunder. No, you're not. They think he's crazy. Thor's hammer lands in a crater somewhere else, further fifty miles west of there. Uh, to which that's where we see in Iron Man two, and it pretty much becomes a tale of Thor still being arrogant, still being brash, still believing, even though he has his pretty much dad kicked him out of the house. That I, it's my hammer. He, I guess he doesn't realize that, like, you know, I he took his worthiness away, um, and leading to Thor break into a, a shield facility, uh, which I remember. And then, of course, this is where we get the first cameo 
of Clint Barton Hawkeye. What did you think about that one? Yeah, that was unexpected. I wasn't expecting to see Hawkeye so soon. Yeah. Um, we only It's only a year before we see him more. Um, but uh, I remember, like, oh my god, that's Hawkeye! Because uh, I remember I heard they had casted him, like, maybe a week prior. Like, they let the news out. He probably had filmed this scene way before then, but they probably just, like, let it out. Like, uh, this person, um, uh, what's his name? Fuck. Um, Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. Um, and it's not even, he doesn't even do anything. He's just there. Just the fact that he's there. Um, just pointing an Thor, arrow at Thor is just, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 that's Hawkeye, all right? Um, don't worry, he gets his redemption much later on. Um, but, uh, Thor, in all his fullness, just kicks a whole bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents' asses, tries to lift a hammer, and he doesn't. And this is, the, this is his breaking moment. More so than his dad yelling at him, him nearly getting his friends killed, him nearly getting his brother killed. It's this moment when he realizes he can't go, he actually can't go home. He's, he's stuck here. And this is, and, and then, meanwhile, you have Loki on Asgard, basically, uh, finding out the true origins of his life, that he's actually a frost giant that was taken during the war, when they stole the casket of Ancient Winters, um, and he originally was going to be used as a diplomatic tool by Odin to, like, bring the the country, the country, the, the worlds together, but because of what Thor's actions, that's not going to happen. And Loki does not take this very well at all, and pretty much, now... I'll ask you this. Do you think Loki, like, planned that shit? Because shortly after, like, Making Odin... Odin go to sleep, I don't think he planned that specifically, but I know for sure that uh, he was the one that instigated the whole Frost Giants getting into the uh, altar thing, for just for fun. Yeah. Yeah, so he, like, Loki finds out he's a Frost Giant, and he's legit heartbroken because, like, he's been lied to his entire life, and now, like... And, and he pretty much goes into the Odin... Odin goes into the Odin sleep, which is basically a state in the comics where Odin uses it to recover his energy. Um, and so as... So Loki, through sheer manipulatives of Thor and just sheer uh, manipulatives and luck, becomes the king of Asgard. And now he becomes the start... Like, not even in... Not even, he drops the illusion so fucking fast that he's benevolent. He is straight up dictator uh, in, in, in Asgard where he doesn't... He's he doesn't uh, offer to restore. The armor doesn't give it away. I don't know what will. Exactly. Those fucking horns are awesome. Um, And um, he visits. This is the most fucked up part of the movie. He visits Thor. Thor is at his lowest, knowing that his precious hammer can't be touched means he can't go home. Loki tells him that oh his dad died. Now, that's possibly the worst news you can give like like to your brother. Like he's gone. And you, and the fact that also because of the circumstances, you can't come back because, and he tell he tells him this lie. He gaslights him into believing that if we've already broken a priest with the frost giants, if you come back, everyone will die again. You have to stay here. It's for it's what Dad would have wanted, um, that kind of thing. And and Thor like breaks down. He starts crying, and and like not like like but like you can see him like have that sexy crying, and. Thor pretty much starts to learn humility in that, like, well, I'm here and I'm going to make the best of it. And he starts helping, you know, talking more about Asgard and and um, all these things until eventually um, uh, the Frost Giants start to, uh, uh, or the Warriors Three decide to just basically say, "Fuck it, let's do what we did earlier in the movie: go to Earth, 
Um, and, and go find Thor ourselves, and uh, Loki finds out about it. He sends his destroyer armor to which, uh, again, after this is the point of Thor, like, he cooks breakfast now. He's he's nice now. He's learned his lesson. Um, Thor picks a fight with the destroyer armor, pretty much gets the wind knocked out of him. I assume he was going to die. He gets bitch slapped in how- that instance. Yeah, bitch slapped and scars across his face. Um... And um, um, oh god, and and but because of the because of that humility that he's shown in self sacrifice, Thor regains his powers, gets his hammer, gets a Sailor Moon S transformation, by the way, um, and and proceeds to have a great fight with the Destroyer armor. Well, okay, great's putting it the way has a fight with the Destroyer armor, to which we find out he finds out that Loki is actually the perpetrator of this all. Confronts Loki and they have one final climactic showdown on the Bifrost Gateway Gateway Bridge, um, to which Loki ends up falling into the oblivion, to which he was never seen again for seventeen more movies. What a shock! Right? I can't believe it. What a good or five minutes if you stick around for the end credits. True, very much true. So um, Thor ultimately, but unfortunately, at the end of this film, Thor is stuck. On in Asgard with no way to get back. I remember asking the movie, wait, wait, wait. The Avengers is a year from now. How the fuck is he going to get back? And they find out how. But I remember thinking, like, wait, 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 wait. How is he going to get back? Oh, man. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and break it down by character. Uh, let's talk about our leading man first. Chris Hensworth, the first true unknown actor of the leading men of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what did you think of his first appearance as Thor? Um, I think he fits pretty well as the arrogant and brash uh, character of Thor. Like, he definitely brings the himbo energy for sure. And I can't see anyone else fitting this role in all honesty. Yeah, he has... I I like his transitional parts of the movie where, like, in the beginning, he's very much... He's very much an annoying asshole. Like, jot character at the beginning of the movie. Where he's like all about the fight, all about the drinking, you know, and stuff like that. And obviously, he he does care for his country because he like you know, but his country, his his world, his realm—that's the better word. But it's all in the wrong places, and he he's so hot-headed um, that like I I I I think I liked him more, especially when he when he has that moment of where he literally hits rock bottom, and. Um, and he like he starts to hit Millie. To go from that to that at the end of the movie is is pretty great. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, cathartic journey, and all all things considered, it's basically he, a journey of humility. Yeah, because unlike Tony Stark, who you think he would have learned his learned his lesson after nearly after after nearly dying, Thor actually pretty much never goes back to this sort of unless he's like joking around. He pretty much never goes back to this bloodthirsty you know, um, character type again. He pretty much is like this more of like, I serve you and all of Lord of Asgard. That kind of thing. You know, he's, he's much he's more of a responsible shit. leader from this point onward. Yeah, versus Tony still like, you know, lives on the seat of his ass well into, up until like Infinity War where that's his wake-up call. Um, his true wake-up call. Actually, you know what? Avengers is probably his real wake-up call to be real, but we'll, we'll get to there in a moment. We'll get to there in two weeks. Um, but it's, uh, it, was, it was definitely... I remember not knowing who he was. I'm like, mm, okay, because like even Captain America is played by Chris Evans, right? And that's a well-known actor, so like he was the true unknown. Um, but I thought he handled himself really well, and 
Um, Natalie Portman surely couldn't get enough of him. Jesus Christ, their chemistry was amazing. God damn, there's so many attractive people in this movie. It bothers me. I guess. <laughs> this is so. This is somebody's bisexual awakening. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Loki, uh, the brother of Thor, the true villain of this movie. What did you? And this is um, Hiddles, Tom Hiddleston's first uh, appearance as Loki. What do you? What are you? What are, you, what are your thoughts on? Vanilla, vanilla Loki. Uh, vanilla Loki. I think he's a pretty good villain. Uh, in all honesty, like he's definitely manipulative and conniving. Although he doesn't appear as such, which kind of gives off uh, the mystique a little more. But as soon as he goes like full heel, um, and shows his true colors, um, it does kind of wind down a little bit. But I still think he works. Yeah, I think there's a sense of, like, there is, like, because he's not presented as evil, like, he, it's kind of one of those things, like, if, if you know, you know, kind of things. Um, like, I, the second I knew he was in the movie, like, oh, yeah, he's the bad guy. Um, and and I, I like his performance because up until the point where Odin put, gets put to the Odin sleep, you kind of believe that, like, well, maybe he's alright. Maybe he's just, he just wants to be the good son in this, in this version of the retelling. And, um... But I, when he starts becoming evil, and like he gives his speech to the Warriors Three, and like, you know, and he starts becoming more condescending, and uh, all this stuff. So that's when I really like, there's the Hiddleston I know. There it is, um, and how like how he talks down to people and stuff like that, and how when he gets angry, oh, he's so good. He's he's really good. Yeah, he is. Uh, but um. I think, and I, I think honestly, his personality bounces off well with Hensworth. Like they really feel like they're brothers the way they act towards each other. But because they're like not blood related, um, they uh, uh, they're not blood related. They, they, they there's enough differences to where um, I could believe it between the two of them. Yeah, their relationship is pretty relatable. Like I have a biological brother myself, and we butt heads on occasion, and I could see. Um, I could see that relationship being real. Exactly. Um, and especially, the, I think, their final fight at the end where it's, like, you know, Loki telling him, like, you know, um, I never wanted the throne. I just wanted to be your equal. And you can, like, I... I, I which he's lying. He always wanted the throne. He's a fucking liar because he's, he's the god of gaslighting. But, like, but you can tell. Like, he... You know, you grow up with someone like that, you're going to be close to them. You know, so... There's a, there's a sense of like, um, like I think that's why so many girls like him. They're like he's the definition of I can fix him, kind of things. Where like he is, kind of, he, like he can be good, but he's evil. You know, it's kind of one of those things. But good performance for us overall. Uh, what did you think of Jane Foster, who is our scientific love interest for this movie? Uh, I always like Natalie Portman ever since um, uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, honestly. Like, I think she's a really good actor, and she definitely brings the uh, the snarky scientist vibe uh, to the table. Like, she, she's a big factor of uh, why Thor turns out the way he is at the end, and uh, I think they bounce off each other pretty well. Yeah, they they have a lot of chemistry uh, together. I think they flow... Like, I think it's different from, like, Pepper Potts and, and Tony, but, like... Uh, a lot of it is just her fascination with him, but just like her eagerness to try to learn something, um, and like she just she always to me in this movie sound either flustered or like, or like just excited about something. 
in this movie. Like she, she never. She uh, the only scene I can think of where she like slows down is when they're on top of the the diner and she's he's like teaching him about uh, this is Asgard and this is Vanaheim, you know, all this stuff like that. That's the only time I feel like she slows the f down. But I love the spirit that she brings in this movie. Yeah. Um. Very very and and also like. As a love interest, like, she's not helpless. You know, she was prepared to fight S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, for her stuff. Um, she has a personality on her own. She doesn't exist to just be by Thor, but to stand along, alongside Thor. Yeah. In a way, I find that commendable. Thor, mm-hmm. the god of equality. Ex- exactly, pretty much. Um, what? A, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Odin himself. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins playing the great... Odin, what did you, what did you think? We'll talk about an actor to get to play this character. Yeah, that's a hell of a casting choice right there. Uh, I'd say as uh, the all-knowing all-father, I think he fits pretty well. Like he definitely fills the the wise old mentor type, but also has the cer- the stern dad type of vibe to him, uh, as we see when uh, he banishes Thor to Earth. And yeah, um, I think he works really well. Yeah, even though he's asleep for like the second half of the movie, um, best gig ever. Uh, but like, I think in those like when he's giving speeches or like he's trying to be the consoling father or even the angry father, like you you can tell like like he's just exhausted. Like I I want I want what's best for you, idiot. But you're not listening to me. Um, but like he he had he had that voice of like I think mo- like most dads could probably tell you for like. When your when their kid is like causing shit, like I just want you to be good, but you keep doing this stupid shit, so now I gotta discipline you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think and he had that sense of, especially with him, he has that regal presence about him, you know, even by himself. He because of his acting pedigree, he brings this movie's acting level up a notch just because of who he is. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah, and I honestly think my favorite scene in this movie is between him and Hiddleston. Um, they're both British, act- I think. Yeah, now, Anthony Hopkins is British, I think, right? Um, I think, or is he is he American? I don't, I don't think know. he's American. I think he's British. Okay, because oh, he's Sir Anthony Hopkins, so yes, he, he you can't be you can only be knighted if you're from if you're British. But uh, to have both of them be um, in the same, scene, I think that to me is my favorite scene because like. You get to see the the sort of like family dynamics, the troubling family dynamics, the 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 want of to be seen and heard, but also the pain of the father's voice for not telling him sooner, and wanting to protect him and all this stuff. Very very good scene. I think I think it's possibly the the best scene in the in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so um, overall, I I think now I want to know if you noticed something weird about the movie. Um, that it does. So, do you ever notice when it looked at like Loki? Um, uh, <laughs> it the the camera was always sort of off. Well, like, like it's at a like it's at an angle, like it's being shot by the filmmakers of Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Um. So. Um. It's there. There's a there's a film technique for that. Um, and, oh god, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember what it was, I thought I had it first, there we go, 
maybe that guy. Um, okay, so the term is Dutch angles. That's right. It's uh, Dutch angles. So basically, in I guarantee you, you probably nobody probably noticed this like two inch at at like your first watching. But anytime you see Loki, it's always at a Dutch angle, and Dutch angles always imply that like something weird is going on or something is like um, not correct, not something is uh, off. And the problem is. Is that now that I've seen this movie so many times, I noticed it. Like, once I noticed it, I couldn't help but notice it. And I feel like Brana did it too much. It's like, if he did it in, like, when when Thor gaslights him the first time, okay, I got it. But every single time you see Loki, Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle. I'm like, bro, I get it. My head's starting to hurt trying to, um, uh, All right, I get of- it. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> It's it's such a, it's such a choice. Like I don't know how somebody saw this and it's just like why is every. I remember my friend telling me like what it was. It's like that's why it looks weird. Um, but uh, I just think he little. I think he was like he like, he went ham on Dutch angles. I think this is the first time we're talking about like camera techniques in, in a fucking movie podcast. But whatever, who cares? Maybe um, we didn't get a Godzilla not, one, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's been so long since that was like three years ago now. Um, or two, whatever. But, um, maybe three. I don't know. It's been a while. But, um, either way, um, overall, I think Thor, for a first shot, was a success. Yeah. I'd say it's a pretty fine movie, all things considered. Like, it's not perfect, um, but it's not, it's definitely not as good as Iron Man 1, and I think the enjoyment I got out of this one was a bit lesser than Iron Man 2, but I still had a good time with this one. Yeah, this one's not nearly as fun. You know, it's a lot more serious. The action, the action moments that are there are not that great. Um, like the first fight when they're fighting the Frost Giants, it's kind of hard to see stuff. Um, at least in the original DVD release, maybe. But like on my version of Disney Plus, it looked a little bit better. But um, I like the Loki Thor fight at the end. Um, it's the only time we actually see Loki like fight. Like, because the next movies, he just becomes, like, illusionist master out the ass. And he does do, like, the duplication shit, like, once. But for the most part, he was holding Thor with his spear tick. Yeah, oh, he does it twice. That's right. Um, but for the most part, he does the, um, uh, he holds his own against Thor with his fucking spear techniques. I'm like, why can't we see more of that shit? I know, right? Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, um... What did you think about the decision to, like... What did you think of when, when Loki fell into the void when you first saw it and you didn't... You had, we had no idea. Um, I knew for a fact that he wasn't gonna be gone for good. Like, uh... Go, uh falling into the ether isn't exactly a death sentence, uh, as far as I'm aware. So, I had a fe- an inkling that he might return at some point. Fair enough. Uh, I knew he was gonna come back because, um... Well, the Avengers is coming out next year, and I think I had heard that he was going to be the villain, um, and also he was the first villain in the uh, Avengers movie, in the Avengers comic. He was the first one they fought, so it just makes sense. Um, but uh, very, very bold choice. Um, let's go ahead and then talk about the post-credit scene. Um, after a long, God, these post these credits were really long. Thor uh, Selvig is treated down into the cellar. Uh, of I think it's, this is supposed to be the, what would be known as the Triskelion, not the Triskelion. It's one of the shield bases that we see in Avengers One, um, 
and uh, it's Nick Fury of all people. So he's back. Um, they saw the New Mexico situation, and uh, he he tells them about like talks talks to them about like myth and legend, and like what what if sometimes they're both correct. And he opens up, and then we see a cube, a blue cube, cube, a cube, which eventually become what well, we realize what would become. The uh, the space stone, I believe. Yeah, it's um, it's the space stone, otherwise known as the tesseract. Yeah, and for now it's called the tesseract. At the time, though, because we didn't know, because we don't find out this is a, this is a uh, an infinity stone to like years later. Like I think Ragnarok is when we find out it's a it's a it's a it's a it's an infinity stone. I think it's but, actually um, an infinity war where we find out that it's a stone. Is it is that is that when we find out for the first time? Okay, I thought it was Ragnarok because they they say there's maybe, maybe we'll find out when we get there. But um, at the time we thought it was a device called uh, the Cosmic Cube, um, which is turns out this thing would be very different from the Cosmic Cube, which is fine. But um, but the thing we're I'm, I'm kind of talking over is Selvig is there, Fury is there, and all of a sudden a Loki with the he got in a fight with a fucking hair dryer, uh, a fucking something, a cat, and he lost because he looks balding. He looked, he didn't look good <laughs> in that shot. Like I didn't notice, but I'll believe you. Yeah, he he looked a little manic. Um, and and this postcard said always confused me, but it basically implies that. Okay, how do you read it? It's either Selvig and Loki's controlling him, or that's Loki really, and he's just uh, impersonating Selvig. I interpret it as uh, Loki controlling Selvig, uh, and it turns out that actually is the case when we learn what he can do in the Avengers. True, true, very much true. So, and and uh, this is going to be the MacGuffin for the first Avengers movie. We also see this thing in the next movie in Captain. So it basically sets up two movies. Uh, which is really really nice, um, and for those of you who have a Blu-ray or Disney Plus, there is a short film on on it called The Consultant, which is not imperative to your viewing experience, but it does kind of fill in some gaps for like explanations to why. So it's basically a meeting between um, one of the Shield agents we meet here and Coulson, and uh, initially there were talks about they talk about how like they want Blonsky on the Avengers team. And they're like Blonsky, what the fuck? Um, they want, but Fury wants Hulk, but Hulk's a criminal, yada, yada, yada. But we find out that they, the, that the reason why Tony Stark sent, or not Tony Stark, but the reason why Tony Stark spoke to Ross was because, because at that point, Iron Man 2 happened, so it kind of makes you think Iron Man 2 happened shortly around Incredible Hulk, Incredible Hulk happens around Iron Man 2, because he's the consultant at this point, so he sends him in to talk about forming the team, and that pisses off Ross so much that he gets him kicked out of the bar, to which Tony Stark buys the bar and demolishes said bar. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's basically of like just filling nice little spaces and like giving you like extra reasons why things are happening. Um, but oh, like not not necessary. But they would start doing these um, more and more often um, as time goes on. Uh, but let's go ahead and get out of here. I feel like we've said all that needs to say uh, for Thor. Would you say? I would say so, yeah. Okay. Uh, f- how many million years out of five do you give Thor Thor from 2011? I will give the, uh, the original Thor three shattered ale glasses out of five. 
Um, this is a fine little uh, turning point for the MCU. Uh, like, in terms of introducing uh, mysticism and alternate universes and all that stuff, uh, Thor is a neat character uh, to get to know. Uh, really arrogant at first, but eventually learns humility over the course of the film. Uh, the villain of Loki is great. Um, all the secondary characters are pretty good, too. Um, I feel like the story does kind of drag in places, and it is a little hard to watch at some points. But I think it's a fine movie, uh, regardless. I'm, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna give it a solid three. It's okay. It is, it is very much, um, it does what it needs to do. It, I, I don't know if this needed to be two hours, because I feel like it drags... I feel like it could have been tightened up at places. Um, maybe we could have gotten to Thor's humility a lot sooner so we could have spent more time. Because I feel like we go from Thor... We see more of Thor being angry than Thor being... Um, learning humility real quick before he gets the hammer. I feel like they like they wanted to do more, but maybe we should have... like He should have done it. Like To me, as soon as he crash lands, that's when it should have happened. Um, versus like afterwards, but... Maybe we could have got time more with Darcy in the team, but that didn't happen. But it, it got the job done. The, the the Asgard looked great. The actors are great, and it sets the stage for what would become a great franchise with the with the other Thor movies, um, which is nice. Um, all right, so that's gonna do it for this week. Next week we're going back to 1940. Um, as we had watch our first prequel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With Captain America, the first Avenger. Tyler, please tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube if you search for Tyler Shoes Reviews, where I review all the last fighting games for your pleasure. I also stream sometimes on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tyreshoes1. Uh, check out what the heck I'm playing on there. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy and catch me live at twitch.tv slash iggy2814. Uh, four times a week. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Wednesday. And of course, Charger.com for all our episodes. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week for Captain America, the first Avenger. Until next time. Another! I need a horse! I need a horse! Another!